Welcome to Shift, a college admissions, ACT, and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast gets you 10% off at checkout. Now today, let's get started with our guest, Randy from Jet Prep. And Randy, if you could just uh, give a quick intro on yourself, that would be great. Yes, hi. Uh, we've been doing this for 24 years. I started the company myself 24 years ago. We are Jet Prep, which is just educational tutoring and testing preparation. Um, we deal with SATs, ACT, GREs, GMATs, uh, LSATs. We used to do MCATs, but we no longer do that because it's seven and a half hours on computer. Uh, and also, Oof. yeah. And we also do pharmacy exams and uh, other things that come along. And of course, SSATs, which I forgot, but we do a lot. Great. Yeah. And so today's topic is particularly relevant. You were telling me about how you're working with a lot of athletes. Yes. I think this is especially relevant for them, but really for a lot of kids now, is how do you keep a study schedule for your ACT or SAT when you've got AP tests, you've got sports, you've got clubs, you've got extracurriculars, maybe even you're volunteering, trying to get all that stuff in there to juice up your college resume, college application resume. Right. How do you keep your focus on getting a good ACT and SAT score? Because... You can't cram for this. You got to study over a long period of time, right? So how do you do that? Yeah, and thank you for saying that because a lot of kids think they can cram for it uh, like they do for exams, and I I fully understand that, but you cannot do that, and I concur. It's very, Mm -hmm. very difficult for the kid today who has the pressures that they do to do everything, sports, extracurricular activities, and, of course, maintain their high GPA to get where they want to go, and also keep this right. as a priority. It's boring as heck. It's annoying as heck. Uh, and the only thing that I actually recommend, and in some cases, Tyler, we actually set up a schedule for the kids. And we go through their Monday mm-hmm. through Friday schedule of what they do. And we actually put in where they can spend an hour right. on SAT or ACT prep in their schedule for other kids we actually send emails to the parents, uh, which gives the parents the homework that we've assigned so that the parents know when it's due. There are some kids that actually leave it for a last minute, which is not the right thing to do, and I well understand why, <laughs> <laughs> but they do. And for those, par- for those kids, we actually start to involve the parents meaning that they now know what the homework is and we set up the homework for during the week so that they have things that they actually have to complete and send to the instructor. Now, ask me how successful that is and I'm going to say not very because we still have issues for the kids actually complying, but it is at least showing the students that we care and we want them to do their work. Now, right. But those kids who have very aggressive timetables, we encourage them to try and do this first before their homework. And I know how hard that is because school is pressing, sports are pressing, kids are coming home, let's say from swimming and they're exhausted and they Mm -hmm. really don't want to start doing this. Uh, And I understand. Uh, It's very, very difficult for the kids to 
put this as a first priority for those kids who really can't after discussing their schedules with them, we actually try and have them do it on a weekend so mm -hmm. that at least they have the time then, right, to try and get their work involved. It's very, very difficult, Tyler, to actually get the kids to stick to a schedule because so many other things come before it. And again, we're way out there. We could be three, four months ahead of the exam and hey, they have a paper due in a week or right. they have moot court that they have to prepare for, uh, or they're in a, a, a lacrosse competition. So all of that has to be taken into consideration. And once you get the parents involved, it does help with actually executing their homework. Um, right. Again, as I said in a prior uh, podcast that we had, the kids have to learn that they cannot do this work when they're tired. Right. Yeah, and I think that that's also one of the things that I le really liked about what you said is is to do this before you do your homework. And mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, that might sound counterintuitive. But if you think about what is the type of work that you're doing, when you're doing test prep work, you're, you're doing an intellectual exercise that's pushing the boundaries of, of your ability to do reasoning and to mm -hmm. do, you know, math equations or grammar structure etc like it's it's hard and it's yep. stretching it's yep. like it's like stretching out your capabilities and that is actually a lot more challenging than doing 30 multiplication tables or finding the you know area of 12 right triangles mm -hmm. in a row and why and those things honestly usually require a little bit less brain power particularly because if you're paying attention in school you should have already kind of like learned a lot of that. Right. So mm -hmm. like, I think definitely prioritizing, you know, putting your best time into the ACT and SAT prep is huge. And then the other tip I've heard in the past is like, if you've got some kind of downtime ish, like you're riding the bus home or, you know, you're, uh, in study hall where you mm -hmm. usually kind of goof off and talk to your friends, like, <laughs> do your homework then. Right. So that you just get it out of the way when it's not like super high stakes. Right. And then you save your high stakes, high intensity study time for the ACT and SAT. I agree. Unfortunately, it usually is not implemented because yeah. the high school student doesn't understand really what it really takes for a standardized test. There's a misnomer that they think, oh, I don't need it. Things are test optional, which, of course, as we all know, that's not really true. It's trust, as you said previously, test preferred. Um, mm -hmm. Or, oh, I'll just study when I can and I'll do well because I do well in school. None of that. There's been nothing that's implemented in school to prepare a student for a standardized exam. Those, right. pa those parents who actually have certain degrees or certain accomplishments, uh, whether it's law, medicine, uh, stocks with you know, finances, they've had to study for actual exams or take the GREs and the GMATs. Those parents actually know what it takes to put in the proper time to implement to get the best results. The truth mm -hmm. is that we have to train ourselves that this is a priority. And also, we need parental help in that regard to get the kids to understand. A lot of them don't. I wish they did. 
but they do not. We try right. really hard to help them. Um, and again, that's why you need parental help. And I think it's very important. Yeah. So I, I think there are, so for the people that are listening to this, they are probably at least, you know, a little interested in, in working on this. So hopefully right. we can get people to do <laughs> some of these things. But, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What are, what are sort of some like tips and tricks that you have for making it easier to stick to a study schedule? Like my big one is just what I do in kind of a lot of things in my life is what's called time boxing, where basically mm-hmm. it's like you said, you, you sit down with your calendar and you're like, okay, Monday five to six or Monday five to seven, I'm always doing prep every mm-hmm. week, right. I'm blocking it on my calendar. <laughs> right. And that it, it kind of forces you, you're like, okay, I got to do it. Getting in that habit is really important, but it also forces you to like actually think about when you'll have real focused time. Right. Correct. And then luckily, I mean, I would imagine a lot of parents and even siblings can get kind of on the same page because they probably have calendars too. Right. So that's my, that's my, <laughs> me throwing in my tip into the ring, but I'm curious what other ideas. No, we actually, uh, again, we, what I said is one, we actually go over the student's calendar with them. Um, right. And actually, put in where we think they could spend the focus time during the week for those kids that can't do it during the week. Then again, you have to get to know the student. We then put it in over the weekend when they can do mm. it, assuming that social affairs don't implode. And thirdly, we integrate the parent because without right. the parent's help in actually figuring out, cause some kids can't do it every day. Right. Some kids only have one day, if that at all. And fourthly, we have to actually uh, take what we're doing and make sure it doesn't overload them. Yep. So on our end, we have to be careful. If we have a student who is jam-packed with all sorts of stuff, we can't be giving them the amount of homework we need. At the same time, concurrent with that, we actually have to have parents that understand, you know what? March is out of the question because we're slowing up our process because we need to have that focused attention to the work and we're giving less and less each week so that it gets accomplished properly. So it's almost, right. uh, that's the other part of it. You know, parents don't want to hear, what do you mean my kid's not going to be ready for March and started in December or something like that? And they may not be because we're giving less work than not completing the content on time because they don't have the time to do focus work and it's okay. Right. And I think that goes back to like a couple of key things about keeping a study schedule, which is like the first is you have to be realistic mm-hmm. about what you can actually do. You can't just drive yourself into the ground. And I think that that's, I mean, it's something I still am challenged with today, right? right. Like right. running a business, I'm always like, oh, I could do this too. And yep, nope. <laughs> not really. Yeah. Like you, you have your own limits of kind of your personal sanity and also your focus and attention, right? Because again, right. this needs to be a high focus, high intensity task. And then the second thing is um, that you, you're you a lot better off studying less over a longer period of time consistently than studying a lot in a short period of time inconsistently or just like cramming in general. Bravo. Right? And absolutely, yeah. absolutely correct. And the second thing that you mentioned, which is, you know, studying for a shorter period of time, you are not creating habit. 
Right. So you are not going to do well. So let's take that for a moment. I put in the time for two months. Boom, boom, boom. I really, woof, right? Oh, my God. I got a 1230. <gasps> now, there's a problem with that because, in fact, you never actually allowed yourself the proper tools that you need to take this exam. And mm -hmm. that disappointment in your score should be more looked at, you know what, I didn't approach this properly as opposed to, oh, my God, I tried my best. Because, again, you know, school education of, of American students uh, in particular, you are taught something, tested, taught, tested, taught, tested. And that's all they think. This is not like that. Mm -hmm. A standardized exam, as you know, is not like that. It's cumulative knowledge, knowledge, and it can be implemented in various, you know, one math question can pull three or four topics to get to an answer, which is not what we learn in school. So, in fact, the student then has to be addressed. Let's assume we have that student and my score is terrible and we have a lot of them coming. One, we're now dealing with an emotional issue of a student, which then impacts how we have to approach this because you know, right. me mentality is as important as anything else, right? And number two, we have to address why it happened and explain why it happened. And hopefully that student understands, you know what, I really do need to take my time to understand everything so I can do my best. Because here's an instructor telling me or a tutor telling me, you know what, you really belonged at a 750 and you got a 620 because of X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah, and I I agree with both those things. I think in general, it's it like it's it ties into kind of the other episodes we talked about, mm -hmm. right? But it's basically your your performance on the test is largely a outcome of how well you prepared. Right? Absolutely, no matter how smart you are, one hundred percent. Yes, one hundred percent. Right. Yeah, and so that's why. So like, go into that with that mindset because if if you're thinking about it like ah okay this is this test that i have to take and i just like gotta you know i gotta make sure i know everything and i'm going to show up and it'll, and i'll do great like no not really right <laughs> if you're like okay if this is a thing that if i diligently keep a study schedule mm -hmm. i will do well and that's true that's absolutely correct then you will hopefully see the purpose and priority of keeping that schedule. Absolutely. And what we tell kids is when I meet with parents, if you do everything we tell you, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. We give mm -hmm. you everything to score a perfect score. Right. I mean, I don't always score a perfect score, by the way. I'll get a 1590. Sometimes I'm looking at math problem on what? And I just leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> but we give you everything that you can score perfect score, and that's really the truth. And all the tools you need, strategy, content, practice exams. Uh, and that being said, before we end, I want to make sure everybody knows that the SAT is changing in 2024 mm -hmm. to adaptive digital, which, uh, of course, will hopefully uh, everybody will be prepared, the students as well, because the GREs and GMATs have always been like that. Uh, and it is going to take some shifting your podcast, mm -hmm. some shifting your <laughs> podcast uh, to actually handle that. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think that um, 
the antidote to all of these problems really is just preparation. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a- it's, absolutely. It's not a particularly sexy answer. It's not a silver <laughs> bullet. As right. one person said to me one time about something unrelated, but I just like the quote. It was, there's no silver bullet, just a bunch of lead bullets. <laughs> right? <be> very true. <laughs> and that is that is what standardized testing really is. It's just you got to yep. put in the work and you got to do it consistently. And that's what the study plan is for. A- absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, thank you, Randy. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Randy from Jet JTT Prep. And you can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course for free by visiting achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast so you can get 10% off. <laughs>